are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you have had and continue to have an enjoyable holiday week. Today's the day after Christmas. The Timberwolves are taking on the Sacramento Kings in game four of a four-game West Coast road trip this evening, and then we'll be back in Minneapolis on Saturday to take on the Cleveland Cavs. Today we're going to cover the, certainly preview the game against the Kings um, for this evening. We're going to spend the first, probably at least the first half of this show covering the ridiculous quote-unquote rumor surrounding the Knicks and Carl Anthony Towns. That will be the uh, entire first portion of this podcast. So if you're not listening to this on Thursday, still relevant. This is something that was going to undoubtedly come up frequently over the next few weeks and months, at least through the trade deadline in February, and certainly again over the summer as the Wolves obviously are not going to be trading Carl Anthony Towns, but the rumors are not going to stop. It'd be really easy to ignore this rumor, but I think we need to at least acknowledge it, at least now that the, again, quote-unquote rumors are starting in earnest. I think we addressed them initially, and then any potentially credible ones, any names that are potentially discussed in a, in a swap. Um, I think we'll, we'll definitely cover those, but um, we'll go ahead and, and start by, by talking about this one. So without further ado, let's, let's complain about the first of what will undoubtedly be, as I mentioned, many rumors surrounding Towns and his future, especially if the Wolves continue their free fall to the depths of the league. So, I, I mean, let's be clear. Much of this rumor is centered on the Wolves struggles as a team, Minnesota is now 10 of 19 and has lost 11 straight games. Towns has missed the past four games, and the Timberwolves have lost four games, all four of those games in the past week, including contests against New Orleans and Golden State. Those are the two teams who remain below remain below the Wolves in the Western Conference standings. So that that is the impetus behind this rumor happening now. These rumors weren't flying when the Wolves were 10 and 8, when they were 9 and 7, when things were going well. But have four bad weeks and now suddenly we're going to be subject to all these rumors surrounding towns and what the wolves might be willing to do or what other teams might be trying to take advantage of in terms of the wolves struggles as a team. Remember towns just signed his max deal a little over a year ago. So in fall of 2018, he still has four years remaining after this one. So he's got still got four and a half years on this deal. To be clear, there is zero incentive for the Timberwolves to trade Carl Anthony Towns. It's not going to stop the New York media or any other news media for that matter from throwing out that the Knicks front office will be, as as we'll get to in a moment, quote unquote, monitoring Carl Anthony Towns situation. So I guess I guess first we'll I'll I'll cite the report that we're talking about and I'm sure if you're listening to this you saw it. But this was a New York Post article by Mark Berman who has been known to stir things up at the Post in the past, um, oftentimes these New York Post articles are certainly sourced um, to some extent, or at least anonymously sourced, back to the Knicks organization. It's kind of a, a weird mouthpiece um, for the Knicks that is is always just kind of assuming that everyone wants to play for the Knicks and the Knicks are great, even though the Knicks have been terrible for basically forever. Um, so this article posted on Christmas about Towns and the Timberwolves um, or in the Knicks' interest in Towns. The article's titled, Knicks Could I, Carl Anthony Towns in Search for a Superstar. The first half of the article doesn't mention him. It mentions... Um, stars who were disgruntled and wanted trades, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis. Of course, none of them ended up in New York because the Knicks were either incompetent or unable to trade for them or combination, or the players didn't want to go there. Kyrie Irving in free agency, Kevin Durant in free agency, Jimmy Butler in free agency. Um, All of these 
Kawhi Leonard, for that matter, didn't take a meeting with them. Um, so the Knicks have been unable to acquire all of these other guys. Um, it mentions Bradley Beal, Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, um, potentially all looking for trades, which uh, you know is almost purely conjecture as well. And then a little more than halfway through the article, there's this sentence. According to the source referencing um, a, let's see, what do they call it? Um, uh, one individual who has spoken to Team Brass. So not even a, an individual within the organization, but the source is an individual who has spoken to the Knicks Brass, told the Post, the front office is still clinging to hopes that cap flexibility will pay dividends down the road. And then the sentence about Towns. According to the source, this is quoting now, quote, according to the source, another player the Knicks are expected to monitor is local product, Carl Anthony Towns, the Timberwolves 24-year-old superstar who also signed a max, ex- a max extension this summer. Of course, that's not accurate. He signed it before last season and um, it kicked in this year, but whatever, I guess, I guess I'm not sure the facts matter here. Um, And then it goes on to say an era, which when stars have shunned the Knicks, Irving, Kevin Durant, Kemba Walker, Kawhi Leonard, it's only logical Towns would intrigue the front office, Um, goes on to surmise that Towns, uh, well, here's a quote, Towns ultimately will get tired of Minnesota's snow and losing and prefers to come home. Uh, Of course, he's not actually from New York. He's from New Jersey, not exactly the same thing. Um, and also I'm not sure that anyone really wants to play for the Knicks. So there's that too. Um, so all those things aside, I think what here, there's, there's several things that are wrong here. So let's start here. Let me get this straight. The Knicks will be supposedly keeping tabs on towns. It's great for them. He's one of the best, probably 15 players in the league. It would be organizational malpractice if the Knicks were not keeping an eye on Carl Anthony Towns. That's like saying that the Timberwolves would be willing to pick up the phone if the Lakers decided to trade LeBron or if Damian Lillard gets tired of playing for the 14 and 17 Trailblazers in a similarly small market such as Portland or um, you know the Wolves will be ready to pounce if Kawhi Leonard is tired of LA or Giannis suddenly becomes available. Good for you, Knicks. Way to pay attention. Never mind how trade and salaries work and assets and, and all that because the other piece of this is what exactly could the Knicks even offer the Wolves that would be remotely close to what Towns' value is? There are at least three major reasons why this this article is is quite frankly idiotic, um, and it would be easy complete, to completely ignore this. But as I mentioned earlier, I, th- I think we have to go in on this because it's so crazy. I'll start with with the obvious one. Number one is where where we'll begin. As already stated, monitoring Towns is a no brainer. He's one of the league's best players. Every team's going to monitor every best player. Obviously, the best players on the on the bad teams, the non-playoff teams, are going to be more likely to be traded. But, I mean, LeBron wasn't going to get traded last year when the Lakers were losing, and LeBron was injured for part of the season. Lakers didn't make the playoffs last year, and, and obviously it's a little bit different. LeBron's got his no trade and all that. But, but I mean, that wasn't a rumor. It's not a thing. Um, it's not suddenly a thing because the Timberwolves have made the playoffs once in 16 years and because it's snowy and Towns is from New Jersey, which isn't New York and is also snowy. But by the way, it's, it's not necessarily any less snowy than Minnesota. So I, I, I just don't, I don't understand why that is a reason because they're monitoring the situation. And, and so that, first of all, this shouldn't even be a conversation. Um, secondly, why would the Wolves ever do this? In, in what world could there be any incentive if, if it, it's pretty unilaterally it can be agreed that Towns is a top 15 player you could argue he's even higher than that top 12 something like that worst case top 20 so by definition there's only thereabouts 15 players that are better than Towns that would ever be traded for Towns and the Knicks don't have any of those players they don't even have two of the top 50 or 60 players in the NBA it's not it's not close they just don't why would the Wolves do that 
why would they, and obviously draft picks would be involved, but the Wolves aren't completely tearing down and rebuilding. Why would they do that when they have a top 15 player locked up for four more years? It makes no sense. There's zero incentive for the Timberwolves to do this. You can talk about Towns being unhappy. All indications are he is happy now. He's happy with Gerson Rosas. He likes Ryan Saunders. Um, He's happy with many of his teammates. He is committed to being in Minnesota. He's said that many times. He has no leverage with four years left on his deal. He's not the kind of guy who's just going to give up and say, hey, trade me now. And even if he did that, the Wolves would have no incentive to do so. And even in a scenario in which Saytowns does throw up his hands and says, trade me or I'm, you know, I'm not going to play or I'm not going to try hard or whatever, which would be a disaster for him anyways, it's not going to look good. Um, suddenly, if there's a fire sale, what teams would have more to offer than the Knicks? Basically every team in the league. Think about it. Almost every team in the league is going to have better players than the seven-win Knicks team. I mean, if, if there's 20 teams in on Towns and he's already under contract, there's no like trade him and he'll, there's a better chance he resigns in New York. He's already under contract. Why would the Knicks be a team that the Timberwolves would ever deal with in this scenario? There's no two ways about this. It's ridiculous. The third reason that we're about to get into is 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 in if in, if in this fantasy world the Knicks were somehow involved in a non-existent Towns sweepstakes, how could the Knicks pull it off? What would they send back? We're going to talk about that next. Okay, so we've established that the the first two points in my my three points about why the Knicks are not a trade partner for Towns. It's obvious that the Knicks are interested in Towns. Everybody's interested in Towns. He's he's an all-star. He's really good. Number two, the Wolves have no incentive to trade Towns, so it's ridiculous, which means that we probably don't even need to talk about point number three, but we're going to because I think it's going to further illustrate how stupid this is. Take a look at the Knicks roster and try and figure out how the Knicks could pull this off. It's not even easy from a salary perspective. Towns is making $27 million this year. He's got four more years on his deal. After this season, the Knicks don't have anyone making more than 18 million. They've only got three guys who are making in double figures in salary, and none of them are particularly good basketball players. So it's going to make it really difficult to come up with a deal. Financially, the only way that this probably works, if it's this year, Marcus Morris is making 15 million and he's expiring in the offseason. So he would need to be involved. Um, or it could be Bobby Portis, who's got another year, but I don't think the Wolves would be all too interested at a second year of Bobby Portis at 15 million. Um, so likely it's Marcus Morris. Um, you know, maybe Wayne Ellington, he's got two years at 8 million. The Wolves need shooting, sure. RJ Barrett 100% has to be in this trade. So actually, we, we probably start there. Um, in any fantasy trade that the Knicks could come up with, their best offer is going to include RJ Barrett and some combination of Marcus Morris or Bobby Portis or Julius Randle, who the Wolves will not be interested in at 18 million over the next three years. And then some combination of Frank Nilekina, um, Wayne Ellington, you know, maybe Dennis Smith Jr. There was that rumor a couple weeks ago, or maybe only about a week ago, about the Wolves being interested in Dennis Smith Jr. Um, I don't think these two rumors need to be related in any way. Dennis Smith Jr. is making four and a half million. He's not any sort of centerpiece in a Towns trade. He's maybe worth a second round pick. Perhaps the Wolves trade a second round pick or two for the Knicks to the Knicks for Dennis Smith Jr. That's not related to Towns. So let's call it um, R.J. Barrett. Uh, sure, Dennis Smith Jr. and uh, Marcus Morris, who's expiring this offseason, and probably Wayne Ellington, and at least two first-round picks. And even in that in that scenario, the Wolves are not getting anybody that's likely to be an all-star caliber player back. And the other thing is the Knicks don't have that many extra picks. They've got a couple of future Dallas Mavericks picks. They've got a 2021 from Dallas and a 2023. Dallas is good. Luka Doncic is one of the probably best five to seven players in the league right now at his in his second year in the league um, at like 20 years of age. The Knicks don't have much. I mean, 
you know, they're already sure their picks worth something this year, but of course, if they're acquiring towns, they're in this scenario going to improve. So the wolves would probably ask for maybe two of the next future picks plus some combination of these other, you know, weird contracts and, and, uh, you know, well, the Knicks, the Knicks feel like they have flexibility and it's because they don't have any long-term deals, but they don't have contracts that are attractive to trade for. There aren't contending teams that are really going to be interested in trading for Bobby Portis at 15 million or, um, you know, even Alfred Payton at 8 million is kind of, Nah. Julius Randle at 18 million, Marcus Morris at 15 is okay as an expiring deal, but none of these are really attractive deals. Wayne Ellington at 8 million is maybe, you know, I would say that that's attractive because he's a shooter. You can plug and play him on a, on a, in the rotation of a playoff contender, even a championship contender, and he can hold his own. But this weird mishmash of players isn't attractive to contending teams just because of the, the numbers that are attached to each of these players. So I, I really don't think that that there's anything there. Um, and there isn't young talent that they would be able to swap to the Wolves for Towns. Otherwise, why wouldn't the Knicks just keep it? If Frank Nilakina or, um, you know, Kevin Knox or um, Dennis Smith Jr. for that matter, if any of these guys are really, RJ Barrett, if any of these guys are really that big of a, of a, you know, potential future, why wouldn't the Knicks just keep those players? Um, RJ Barrett is, the, is really, what's the percentage chance that RJ Barrett ends up as good as Carl Anthony Towns is today? It's not, it's not high. It's not a high percentage chance. So why would the Wolves be incentivized to trade four more years of Carl Anthony Towns, four and a half years of Carl Anthony Towns for four or five years of RJ Barrett, who is a fraction of what Towns is today? There's zero incentive. There's no reason the Wolves would make that trade. Now, if the Knicks want to talk about Andrew Wiggins, maybe there's something there. Probably not, but you know, a couple picks and and um, you know, if they want to give up RJ Barrett, I don't think they would. But you know, the Wolves would listen to that. Um, some combination of those contracts for Andrew Wiggins, maybe. Um, and the Wolves, I'm sure, would take Dennis Smith Jr. back because there's could still be something there. But there is no way, no way, that Carl Anthony Towns is going to the New York Knicks. Um, as, as part of a trade in the next couple of seasons, maybe in year four of this deal, if the Wolves aren't winning and the Knicks have made a couple of good draft picks and maybe they signed a young star in free agency or they end up with D'Angelo Russell or there's something weird where they have the requisite assets. I'm not saying there's zero chance that Towns will ever play for the Knicks. I'm saying that this year, next year, probably the year after that, there is no chance that Towns is traded to the New York Knicks. There's no incentive for the Wolves. The Knicks have nothing to offer. Um, there's no player that's in the same stratosphere as Carl Anthony Towns in terms of talent and production on the Knicks. And the extra picks that the Knicks have, Dallas's picks aren't worth anything. The Wolves would simply be rebooting with worse first round picks. There's no reason for the Timberwolves to make this trade. It's it's really a non-story. Unfortunately, we're going to hear more about this over the next few weeks and months. Um, but to anybody that's giving this play from a positive perspective or turning this into a real rumor, um, it, it's not happening. It's not worth our time. I am personally, we will not be addressing this on Lockdown Wolves further unless there's some real concrete rumor to report. This doesn't even really classify as a rumor. It's a like a third hand. The Knicks are interested in one of the league's best players. Great. Every team is interested in all of the best players. That's how this works. Each team is responsible for doing just that. It's not a real rumor. The Knicks are not getting towns. And I, I don't really know that there's anything else to say about this. All right. We're going to move on. We're going to bring things down a half notch. We're going to talk about the Kings, preview the game for Thursday evening, look ahead at the weekend and the opportunity that the Wolves have to hopefully break their 11 game losing streak. And perhaps um, one Carl Anthony Towns will get back onto the court here in the very near future. So um, let's go ahead and cover that next. 
All right, let's talk about Wolves Kings. The Timberwolves, of course, have lost 11 straight, and this is a good opportunity for them to get another win. They've had two days off on the road. Um, still don't know if Towns is going to be playing or not. He's at the time of this recording listed as questionable for Thursday night's game against the Kings. Obviously, if he plays, the Wolves perhaps would even be favored in this game. The The line opened at, at uh, Kings minus four. It moved to Kings minus five after Towns didn't play and, and there was really no strong indication he would play on Thursday. Um, so TBD on that uh, either way, in terms of the Kings this season, the Kings started terribly. Um, they were like one in six to start the year. They lost their first three games by double digits each game. They lost by like 25 on opening night to the Suns. Then they went through a little bit of a hot streak. were just about 500 a couple of weeks ago and now have lost five of six again. They're on a four game losing streak currently. They just lost to Houston by nine last time out. They sit 12 and 18 in the West. So just a little bit ahead of the Wolves who are 10 and 19. So what's that? A game and a half ahead of them. Um, the Kings, this is our first year, of course, with Luke Walton at the helm. They've been relatively healthy. Their top um, rotation players have all played in, in all 30 games so far this year. Um, so they've been blessed with relative health, although they um, they just haven't been very good. The best players for the Kings, um, of course, Harrison Barnes is the name that everybody knows. Um, perhaps the unsung heroes who have actually played the best for them this year, really. So Rashawn Holmes, um, former Philadelphia 76er, Nemanja Bielitsa, of course, former Timberwolves. Um, big man. Um, he's now in his second year with Sacramento and has been really, really good, has been a full-time starter um, for this team for the most part. He started 28 of 30 games. He's shooting over 40% from three, so he's continued to be consistent there. Um, and then Bogdan Bogdanovich off the bench, he hasn't started a game this year, but is averaging just as many minutes a game, actually a little more than Bielitsa is shooting over 40% as well. As a team, um, the Kings are actually only 13th in the league in three-point attempts per game and 20th in three-point makes. Kind of crazy because they've got the two guys above 40%, Buddy Heald at 35.8%. Um, even Harrison Barnes is shooting a, a tick above league average at 34.2%. They've got a you know a few guys that launch all these threes. Heald is shooting 10 a game, 10.2 threes a game at just under 36%. Um, but the rest of their team doesn't really shoot them. They don't have um, a ton of guys that launch from deep. Their backcourt, you know, Corey Joseph, De'Aaron Fox aren't exactly um, flamethrowers from deep. Um, so at least uh, that's that's kind of the, they're not going to be able to necessarily outpace the Wolves easily from beyond the arc, although they have the capability to get hot with, you know, three above average three-point shooters that combined, you know, the three of those guys, Bielitsa, Bogdanovich, and Heald combined to attempt about 21 threes a game. Um, somehow Bielitsa is only shooting four and a half a game. He should be shooting more than that in, in his 27 minutes. Um, but, but, he hasn't been overextended. He's playing probably the right amount, um, you know, 26 and a half minutes a game, and it's been really good for them. Um, he's averaging 11.6 rebounds. Uh, Bogdanovich is averaging 14 and a half off the bench. Buddy Heald is the team leader in scoring at 20.3 points per game, five rebounds, just under three assists. Um, the Kings don't really have a strong identity. They'd gone from playing, you know, at a slow pace to a breakneck speed um, under Dave Yeager last year. Um, Yeager was unceremoniously fired. The Kings under Luke Walton are bottom 10 in offensive rating, middle of the pack defensive rating. Um, their pace is actually the slowest in the league. Um, they're playing, they have the 30th out of 30 um, ranked pace in the league. So uh, really flip that. 
from what they'd done under Dave Yeager, um, they were fifth in the league in pace last year, um, and they finished with 39 wins. So they're behind that pace after <laughs> behind their win pace from last year by slowing down their offensive pace quite a bit. They've been good on defense, um, and, and even given their personnel, they weren't terrible on defense under Yeager either. Um, but so far, it's been a little bit of indictment on Luke Walton. Um, they have only gotten. Um, 13 games out of De'Aaron Fox, but of late they've been a lot healthier and they've got um, five guys that have each played 30 games or more um, or all in all 30 games, excuse me, for the Kings so far this year. Um, for the Wolves, um, they really have struggled on this road trip. They've actually been in most of these games, but they've gotten off to slow starts. They needed a third quarter push in Portland to bring them within striking distance and ultimately lost um, to a, a team, you know, I guess it was on a back-to-back, but a team in Portland that's not all that much better than the Wolves. Um, and then they lost to a, a bad Golden State team. To be fair, the Golden State had the two best players on the court, D'Angelo Russell and Draymond Green, but the Wolves um, needed a second-half push led by two-way players, Jordan McLaughlin and um, Keelan Martin, who I believe will both be available for this game for the Wolves. They needed that push from those guys in order to even be in the game in the fourth quarter, but it was never really, I think the final margin was nine points, um, but the Wolves didn't do what they needed to do to, to truly be in that game. Um, in order to win this game, if the Wolves don't have Towns, they're going to need Andrew Wiggins to be more efficient. Wiggins hasn't been good the last couple of times out. They're going to need Jeff Teague to be better off the bench. Um, Shabazz Napier didn't play the other night. Um, he was uh, out due to illness, and he's questionable, listed as questionable, headed into Thursday's game against the Kings. Um, so if Napier is able to start and Teague comes off the bench, Teague and Wiggins are the are the Wolves' two best players, um, and they need to be, with at least with how Robert Covington has been playing lately, Covington only played 14 minutes the other night and really has been struggling. Um if Covington shows up, if Teague and Wiggins play how they can play, how they're capable of playing, then the Wolves do still have a shot to win this game against a Kings team that's really struggling lately as well. Um, if Towns plays plays in this game, I would I would predict that the Wolves win. I would favor the Wolves in this game. I'd probably put them you know, put the line at Wolves minus two or something like that if Towns were available. I think he swings this line, you know, five to seven points for sure, um, as he would far and away be the best player on the court between these two teams. Um, so if Towns plays, expect the Wolves to win. If he doesn't, it's going to be a close game. I think the Wolves will hang around. I think they can see the end of this road trip in sight. They have a home date with Cleveland coming up on Saturday. Um, so this is this is a game that the Wolves really need to to gain a little bit of their momentum back headed home um, against a beatable team in the Western Conference, a team that the Wolves are going to be neck and neck with most likely for the rest of the year in that eight to 10 spot, hopefully in the West, assuming the Wolves get Towns back and can stabilize themselves a little bit. All right, that's all we have for you today here at Locked on Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked on Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. We'll be back on Friday to review the game against the Kings, to take a peek ahead to Saturday's game against the Cavs, and then what's upcoming next week. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.